This is day two of week two of our look through the book of Exodus. So that means we're in chapter seven as we're going through a chapter a day. Let me begin today by reading for you from chapter seven, verses eight to 13. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, when Pharaoh says to you, perform a miracle, then say to Aaron, take your staff and throw it down before Pharaoh and it will become a snake. So Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and did just as the Lord commanded. Aaron threw the staff down in front of the Pharaoh and his officials, and it became a snake. Pharaoh then summoned wise men and sorcerers, and the Egyptian magicians also did the same things by their secret arts. Each one threw down his staff, and it became a snake. But Aaron's staff swallowed up their staffs, and yet Pharaoh's heart became hard, and he would not listen to them, just as the Lord had said. We're looking together at barriers that come when we face the obstacles to our growth, to change in our lives. When you decide, I'm going to change that habit, I'm going to change that relationship, I'm going to change that direction in my life, you're going to come up against some obstacles. And those obstacles have within them some very common barriers. We all face the same barriers. One of them is intensification. It gets worse before it gets better. Another is doubt. We're not sure we can do this. Well, we can't on our own. We need a strength. And a third barrier you see in these verses. The third barrier is confusion. Confusion. It doesn't seem to be working like we thought it would be working. So then we think, well, maybe, maybe this isn't what God wanted at all. This barrier of confusion is seen in these experiences that Moses and Aaron had here together. You see it in the slow start that they had when God began to bring these plagues against Pharaoh. These plagues that invited, these plagues that demanded, set my people free. And this slow start is they throw down their staff, it becomes a snake, but then the magicians, the sorcerers in Egypt do the same thing. At first, it didn't seem like they were any different than these sorcerers. At first, it didn't seem like things were working. And the same thing is true in our lives. Growth seems to come slowly at first. Change comes very slowly at first. And we feel like this steam locomotive pulling out of the engine very slowly getting up to speed. And we wonder, is it working at all? This continues in the life of Moses and Aaron. Listen to what happens in verses 17 to 22. It begins with what the Lord says. This is what the Lord says. By this you will know that I am the Lord. With the staff that is in my hand, I will strike the water of the Nile, and it will be changed into blood. The fish of the Nile will die, and the river will stink, and the Egyptians will not be able to drink its water. And then the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron, take your staff and stretch out your hand over the waters of Egypt, over the streams and canals, over the ponds and all the reservoirs, and they will turn to blood. Blood will be everywhere in Egypt, even in the wooden buckets and stone jars. Moses and Aaron did just as the Lord had commanded, he raised his staff in the presence of Pharaoh and his officials and struck the water of the Nile, and all the water was changed to blood. The fish in the Nile died, and the river smelled so bad that the Egyptians could not drink its water. Blood was everywhere in Egypt. But the Egyptian magicians did the same things by their secret arts, and Pharaoh's heart became hard. He would not listen to Moses and Aaron just as the Lord had said. Now, it might have struck you that it was Aaron who stretched out the staff and struck the water. You think, well, that wasn't the way it was in the movie. I thought it was Moses who did that. Remember that Moses had told God when he met with him at the burning bush that he just couldn't do it. And so God had said, I'll use Aaron. Aaron happens to be Moses' older brother, who often gets remembered more for his mistakes. But here you see that God is using him in powerful ways. But here you also see the confusion continues. 
the magicians are still making it seem as if these miracles are not any miracles at all. Here's the point for you and I. We all have magicians in our lives when we're seeking to change. We all have people who will tell you that you're just fooling yourself that this could happen. We all have people who tell us, how could you think that that could possibly happen for you? Do you know anybody that that's happened for? We all have people who want to even ridicule you for what you're doing. Here's the point about the magicians, uh, these real magicians in the days of Moses and those in our lives that tell us we're just fooling ourselves. Magicians don't care about you. They care about themselves. The reason that these magicians did these things was because they wanted to keep their job in Pharaoh's kingdom. And the reason people in your life tell you that you're just fooling yourself or ridicule you for what you are doing is because They've got the same problems and challenges in their own life. And if you can change, if God can change you, then they realize they can change too. The excuses begin to get erased. And because of that, they ridicule you. Because of that, they say you're foolish. Magicians don't care about you. They care about themselves. This barrier of, third barrier of confusion is one that we all have to face. We break through it as we realize, I keep holding on to the truth of God's word. Now, before we end today, What is this that we keep reading about the hardening of Pharaoh's heart? In verse 13 and verse 22, we hear the same thing. Pharaoh's heart became hard. He would not listen to Moses and Aaron, just as the Lord had said. To be hardened here means to be set like cement, unchangeable. Pharaoh's actions and choices were determining the mold of his life. Now, an aside here, by the way, God wants you and I to have hearts of clay, moldable, not hearts of cement, set. Our lives being molded by him, not set by ourselves. But back to Pharaoh and what was happening. What does it mean that his heart was hardened? I don't believe that it means, based on who we are as human beings, that God took away Pharaoh's free will, his ability to choose, for one instant. I do believe that God knew that Pharaoh would never choose to follow him, and he brought circumstances that caused him to get deeper and deeper and deeper into trouble with every choice. I also believe, as I read about this hardening of Pharaoh's heart, that there are some things here that are beyond my understanding in the way that God deals with us as men and women, as mankind. In fact, in Romans 9, as Paul talks about this hardening of Pharaoh's heart, he he comes down to the answer, who are we to question God? Who are you to question God? In the end, I come down to trust. I trust in the love and the justice God. He has shown himself trustworthy time and time again. He has shown himself to be a loving and gracious and patient God time and time and time again. So the idea that somehow God used Pharaoh like a puppet here and kept him from a salvation that could have been here, his is entirely apart from the God that I know, the God that reveals himself in the Bible. I also believe, I also believe something else about this look at Pharaoh's hardened heart. I believe this should cause us to look at ourselves. A stubborn heart is a terrible thing. And it is easy to look at Pharaoh here, to get caught up in the theological debate and discussion here, and to forget that my heart gets stubborn. The pattern of a stubborn heart is the pattern of Pharaoh's life in these chapters. You have sadness in the moment that you might face consequences. And you might even in that moment in your stubbornness of heart say, all right, I'll, I'll be set free. All right, I'll let God do this in my life. But the moment the fear of the consequence is removed, 
than this obsessive need to hold on to what you wanted or hold on to how you wanted to get it done comes back into your life. As soon as the sadness over the bad that might happen goes away, you return to that stubbornness of heart. I have to have it my way. I have to prove it my way. And even as believers, those who've already settled the question of whether you know Jesus Christ and you're following him, settled the question of where you're gonna spend your eternity, you still struggle with a stubborn heart. I still struggle with a stubborn heart. So for me, as I read these chapters, I feel a sadness for Pharaoh, but I also, I also wanna look at myself and say, God, where is my heart stubborn? Where am I trying to hold on to something that I know you need me to let go of? In fact, hold on in a place where I know you wanna set me free. Where am I staying behind prison bars when you've already unlocked the door? How can you set me free? Let's pray together. And as you pray, I wanna encourage you, just pray this simple prayer today. Lord, I wanna have a willing heart, not a willful heart. Lord, I wanna have a sensitive heart and not a stubborn heart. In your name, I ask for that. Amen. Tomorrow, we're gonna to continue to look at the barriers we face when we come up against our biggest obstacle.